Are you ready to take your leadership in your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate their leadership approach, evolve their organizations, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here is your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute. We help leaders identify disruptive trends and develop strategies to transform themselves and their organizations into industry leaders. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I'm a fellow with the International Leadership Association as well. I am delighted today that our friends, Jim and Tom Grody, are joining us. Jim has been a mentor of sorts, and Tom has been both a mentor and a dear friend. So welcome to both of you. This is Jim's first time on the show. So when Jim Grody was a 13-year-old in Columbus, Ohio, a few years ago, he took a job making pizzas. By the time he was a sophomore at Ohio State, the pizza business had hooked him for life. He bought the original shop in 1963 for $1,300 and kept the clever original name, a play on the Latin phrase that means to give a good thing. It was a perfect way to describe what would become his three-part mission, to create a superior product, hire great people, and to promote goodwill in business and the community. Building on his extensive business success, which includes Donato's being purchased by McDonald's, then the Grody family buying the business chain back, Jim's massive transformative life purpose is to help evolve the American capitalist system to a profit model based on the power of love and the golden rule, which he calls agape capitalism. His son, Tom, grew up working at the original Donato's Pizza owned by his dad, Jim. Tom later rose to the post of chief operating officer as the business grew from seven restaurants to over 150. He graduated with a finance degree from Miami University and his MBA with honors from the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. He opened the groundbreaking restaurant Out on Main, a casual fine dining restaurant that celebrates the lives of gay and lesbian people. Tom became chief financial officer for Green Biologics, a UK-based biotech company, and continues to consult in business development and brand strategy. So today's show. In today's environment, where the news headlines are dominated by stories designed to draw attention, often negative attention, there's a hope that change can happen when individuals and businesses choose to conduct themselves in a way that is countercultural. Jim and Tom joined the show to discuss their business model of agape capitalism, which is a way of doing business based on the power of love. They want to extend this impact beyond their company to the industry and the entire economy. So welcome, both of you. Thanks, Maureen. Thanks, Maureen. So, Jim, tell us a little bit about your journey, so the, the short version. Oh, the short version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after um, my stint uh, from being... Um, my first part-time job was uh, making pizzas and uh, slicing pepperoni with a paring knife and grinding cheese on a little hand grinder. And uh, uh, I worked there for uh, from the time I was 13 to the time I went into business. Uh, during that time, I, uh, I learned about what I thought I needed to know to uh, open my own business. What started it off was when I was not just not quite 16 the uh, two owners who started the business uh, decided to split up uh, the one owner was a really good uh, natured um, jolly guy that uh, trusted all his all his employees and uh, put lots of toppings on pizza and he uh, I, I managed for these guys and his 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 nights were always very busy. The other owner is very skimpy and uh, <laughs> would always would always tell me to take three pepperonis off each pizza. And by the end of the night, we'd have one 
pizza with that didn't cost us any pepperoni. But needless to say, the uh, one who puts a lot of toppings on was the most successful one, and it's the model that, that I followed. Plus, um, he treated uh, everybody right. Uh, he, you know, his customers, of course, loved him. And um, his, um, us, us young guys working for him as our first jobs, he uh, trusted us. And uh, we, um, we actually were, became very loyal to that. We never even thought about uh, uh, being, uh, selling pizzas and keeping the money or, or giving pizzas away. So from the time that they offered to sell me the place, uh, I uh, I started to really think about what it'd be like to run a business, and um, they um, they did split up and sold it to uh, uh, consequently to the delivery driver, and uh, this um, th- this was the opposite of the way that they did business. You know, he was pretty much. Uh, taking cash out of the register and so on. And, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, those two um, uh, models um, showed to me exactly how I would like to run a business. So I decided that uh, whenever I could get enough together to buy a pizza place, it was going to be based on the golden rule, treating, loving your neighbors yourself and treating others the way you want to be treated. That, that happened uh, when I was a sophomore in high State. I dropped out of Ohio State to go uh, into business because I was able to buy what is now called Donato's Pizza. So it was run by a seminarian and he opened it up to really have a place where kids could have a good time and and uh, he could uh, give them something that he is really proud of. From then, it was opening, it was really running a business with principals. Mm-hmm. And um, my mentors, all the people in the, uh, many of the business owners south side decided that... Um, okay, so we have an international audience south side of Columbus. Ah, the south side of Columbus, that's where I'm from. Uh, I grew up there <laughs> and I was born there. And it's a very poor area. So um, most uh, people in the south side really thought about um, getting a job and uh, being mostly union and, um, and, and going to working that job to retirement. My dad was in the grocery business, and that failed. He was um, he was kind of unhappy that us kids didn't go into business with him. But I was only eight years old. I really wanted to, and uh, he 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 discouraged me from going into the pizza business when I was a sophomore in high school, uh, which was good. So, as it turns out, my mentor said that. Uh, um, if you go into business with these principles that you have, uh, I was raised Catholic and uh, mm-hmm. the golden rule and uh, treating others how you be treated, uh, you will fail. And um, hmm. so I spent uh, the rest of the time, uh, until now, 57 years have gone by, the rest of the time proving that you can make money and keep your principles too, of which they said you could not do it and you would fail. And so this emerged and evolved towards uh, the business using the golden rule and then moving one step further business based on the power of love so tell us more and tom jump in here you've got a master's degree from wharton and so this whole agape capitalism may not be what they've been teaching at wharton <laughs> that's great well i think things are shifting maureen i really do mm-hmm. um you know we were all taught that the purpose of business was was to make, make money, money right uh, but I think we see um, all around the world, and you're part of that movement, aren't you, about um, the evolution of business and that capitalism really does need to take more responsibility for the whole, right? And um, I guess what's kind of cool is we were raised that way in mm-hmm. our family, mm-hmm. our family businesses, and dad is just incredibly passionate about trying to sh- the best he can share the way we've done business, but also the way he thinks we need to do business. Well, okay. and at a time where, and we talked about this in the intro, where where sensationalism trumps everything, and we don't talk about often foundational values that got us to where we are and how they will sustain us and how building on them, which gets to the question, what is agape capitalism? Well, that uh, that is writing itself, and it is continually <laughs> being defined. Kind of coined uh, agape capitalism from uh, a book that my wife and I sponsored called "Evolutionary Love and the Ravages of Greed," and he talks about uh, the word love, the highest of all forms, being agape, 
as the Greek word. So I uh, decided I would see if we could put agape and capitalism together. Many people uh, kind of feel that's like oil and water. Mm -hmm. But um, capitalism, as I found out, and and the free enterprise system and being in business isn't bad. It's just who's in it. Uh, So with um, really, I believe, what was successful of both businesses, the, the manufacturing company and the pizza business, being very successful based on the golden rule, I want to take it one step further, which was uh, not only loving your neighbor as yourself, but loving in general, loving with your whole heart, your whole mind, and your whole soul. That means loving all others, and um, and based and business based on that is based on the power of love, which um, really you don't have to change the way you do business, but if you change your heart. Your, your business will change accordingly. Therefore, agape capitalism is where the only adjective for love is unconditional, where the ethic of the golden rule is fundamental, where the free enterprise system is necessary within a free society, where imagination, creativity, and the power of belief create abundance, where Earth Day is every day. So these are five tenets that are the beginning and will need much definition and um, texture to write the story of agape capitalism and this this is way i see capitalism evolving towards uh, a planet where the power of love overcomes the love of power uh written uh referenced by Jimi hendrix and uh <laughs> i know that sounds funny i think he had a guru uh that might have helped him with that uh but the rest of that is uh the world will know peace and uh, i've added abundance and I believe that uh, we have to evolve towards this type of capitalism as we leave the planet mm-hmm. and explore the outer space to populate the cosmos with a capitalism based on love. So, Tom, do you want to build on that, especially through the lens of being a CFO and a COO? This is now yours to operationalize. So how do you turn beautiful constructs and concepts into daily operation in a business well i think you know i think those are guiding principles mm-hmm. right and yeah. uh incredibly helpful to have those guiding principles we also understand that you know we have to make money mm-hmm. and whatever well we're that's doing. why it's capitalism right, right? not not um, that's why the two else. that's why the two words are together right i got being capitalism so you know we've got to make money uh doing what we do but we also have to take into account that we're operating on that we're you know that we're doing business on this planet mm-hmm. and we know we're we're kind of screwing it up right we can do better and I, so i think there's there's we the I, that. we can do better we can do better and I, I think that's the idea is how do we do better and how do we mm-hmm. operationalize doing better right and I, and i'm i'm pretty hopeful because you know our younger generation you know the the millennials so to speak uh, which i am not one but our younger our younger generation gets it more and more. Mm-hmm. We're incredibly helpful because a lot of folks that I know that are younger, they really, really are attracted to businesses that are more purpose driven, mm-hmm. and they feel like they you know they're just not in there just to make the dollar. That they want to do something meaningful, and so I think that's that's part of the formula too, right? That that businesses have to aspire to do something meaningful. That they have to be part of of making things better, making the world mm-hmm. a better place. You know, one of the things I love about Donato's and Jim, your models, you you have built Donato's, you built the Grody companies as well, the manufacturing companies. And, our, and for our listeners, that's uh, say what that is. As far as uh, the the uh, history of the just just what is the Grody company? Oh, the Grody company. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, uh, we th- this is pretty much. Uh, uh, a little bit uh, less idealistic, but uh, when I did start in business, it was uh, it was pretty much we were from a very poor neighborhood, and uh, so I had made all these uh, goals that uh, you know through the power of positive thinking and think and grow rich, to where um, I I wanted to build a business to reach a point that uh, uh, where I would uh, 
have reach a goal of making a million dollars by the time I was 33. And you're probably signs trying to say, what's that have to do with a grody company? <laughs> well, <laughs> part of that, uh, besides making pizza, there was a uh, there's a bottleneck in the pizza uh, making part of it, and it was putting 100 pieces of pepperoni on a pizza. Uh, way back in those early days, it, it what is what took the longest. So I had an idea uh, where I could put 50 pieces of pepperoni on off slice it and apply it right onto uh the pizza so i got a patent on it the frozen pizza was just beginning to take off and uh the guy that saw the hand operated one that i was using in the shop said if you can automate these you can sell as many as you can make and 45 years later that's the grody company and we're selling throughout the throughout the world with a small niche business Mm -hmm. that sells slicing and applying uh equipment to all the processors. So most any everyone is who's putting pepperoni on pizza is probably using that machine way back that was nineteen seventy two. Cool. And so the reason I ask that is you have two different businesses, food and service, and you also have a manufacturing business. And in both of those, you have been incredibly profitable using these principles over decades. So so to me, that seems foundational to the conversation. This isn't some new age thing that you just thought up. You've been using these principles and being profitable for quite some time now. And now you're codifying them and expanding them based on a solid foundation of effective business. I think, uh, yes, yes, especially the golden rule. I think from the the very beginning, the golden rule was foundational. And I think what we're doing is leaning into mm-hmm. the power of love mm-hmm. and really challenging ourselves is what does that mean to, to be based in the power of love, to, to lead with love? What does that mean? So for our listeners, I encourage you as we go on to break to consider what does love have to do with business and how would your business change if the agape capitalism, so not inappropriate love in the workplace, but but appropriate care for one another were integral to how you do business. We'll be right back. You are with Maureen Metcalf, Tom and Jim Grody. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The Innovative Leadership Institute is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and organization. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, the Innovative Leadership Institute has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the capacity to update how they lead, identify, and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. The Innovative Leadership Institute offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovative Leadership, co-creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now, back to this week's program. 
Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. You are listening to a conversation with Tom and Jim Grody, and we are talking about agape capitalism. So as we were on break, we were talking about what is this? Like, if I were to see it in the workplace, what would I notice? And especially because... Many of us, when we think of love, think of either I love ice cream, which isn't what we're talking about, or how I care about my partner, and that's not it either. So so let's go into a deeper definition of just what does it look like? Yeah, well, love uh, love is at all levels. I mean, it's uh, love of money, love of yourself, love is, by the way, loving yourself is a very critical part of the golden rule that... I didn't get totally when I mm-hmm. was raised Catholic. They missed that mm-hmm. part. But uh, <laughs> le- pe- learning how to love yourself is really critical in learning how to love others. But what it looks like is it's eros, in, using the Greek uh, words again, is where uh, that's the energy of love. That's the creative energy of love. And we all know it very basically as erotic love. That's the love of of uh, the basic love, uh, re- reproductive love, and a lot of a, pe- a lot of people think that er- eros means erotic, and erotic means that. But in the workplace, we're talking about an evolution uh, of love towards eros, towards uh, uh, compassion, kindness, empathy, care for each other, and care for all things. I mean, mm-hmm. it ev- it keeps evolving towards the unconditional uh, to the point where. There was a pretty cool guy a couple thousand years ago that uh, taught us about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'd come in there. I really, I really love his teachings, and he would have made a good CEO, I think, uh, because loving others is a um, is is a real way to build your business, and loving yourself helps you know how to love others. It goes on a little bit further to the evolution of love towards the. Um, towards the unconditional, which means loving your enemies and loving your competition. That's the other thing. What would we do without our competition? I mean, if Michigan wasn't a good ball team, it would, it's it's not much fun. And lately, it, it hasn't. Okay, so again, for our listeners, we're talking about the competition between Ohio State football and Michigan football. So this is a sports reference <laughs> that, that would be particularly relevant to people in the Midwest. This week in particular. Well, yes. Yeah, well, I just... Uh, I just uh, thought I'd stick that in there, but uh, but uh, but you yeah. have a great story about uh, letting your competitors borrow cheese back in the days. Yeah, that's what I was getting at in the kind of love that that message came a couple thousand years ago. Jesus's message, and that sounds very religious. Whenever you say Christian, sometimes it uh, it uh, it doesn't mean uh, it's not as all in. In, in golfing mm-hmm. as the original message, but loving your enemies. And in, in business, sometimes people think they're competition, they're enemies, but they're not. They're, if they're good, then you have to get better. It's good for, mm-hmm. for the whole industry. Yeah, we, um, Tom's talking about in the early days, we had about eight pizza places around us, and uh, we all really wanted to outsell the others. But if we ran out of cheese, any one of us would loan the other one cheese. We, uh, we even got a call from... Donna Maria's, and for your listeners, that was a local other pizza place. <laughs> but uh, uh, he was his people didn't show up, so we sent we sent one of our guys over there and helped hmm. him run that Friday night and so on. But we all uh, were very competitive, but we didn't dislike each other. We helped each other out when they don't need it. So to me, that's that's more collaboration than it is just dog eat dog competition. Well, and I like the point that it is both. We all want to win. We all want to be profitable. But I don't want to bury you in the process. That's exactly right. That there is some, I think the term is co-opetition. Yeah, I like that. That that we both collaborate and compete, and that keeps all of us healthy. And if we help each other get better, then the whole industry gets better. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, I mean, really, as far as pizza goes, I I don't want anybody to make a bad pizza. I want everybody (laughs) to make a good pizza. And uh, and then it's up to us to be able to sell our good pizza and so Mm -hmm. on. But, but, uh, yeah, we rise if everybody rises. Just a couple more things on that. I think uh, at Donato's, uh, our pizza company, the promise is to serve the best pizza and make your day a little better. Mm-hmm. And that make your day a little better is agape capitalism right there. Okay. Okay. That is, you know, if I give, if I if I think about the fact that I'm here to make your day a little better, um, mm-hmm. that's a big difference than just serving the best pizza, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's elevating you in, in the mm-hmm. process. And then the Grody Company, which is a manufacturing company, is feeding a growing world together. 
that is their vision and mission is feeding and growing world together. You know, we make equipment that's processing food all over the world, not just pepperoni, all kinds of stuff, actually. All those baby carrots that you get, those are peeled by our machines. Really? Uh, yeah. I love yeah, those carrots. Yeah. Those baby carrots, every baby carrot you'll ever eat. Now, but, those are actually real-sized carrots made to be small, right? <laughs> you know the secret, don't you? No, I don't, but I, yeah. I assume there's not you somebody the out secret. there growing little our tiny machine, carrots. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Our, our machines do that. But, you know, thinking about the fact that we want to be there to help feed more people around the mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. is part of why why the Grody Company is in business. Um, we have a cup, just a couple more quick things. We has, also have a bakery, and we have uh, we make millions of dough shells. We have a frozen pizza line as well, and then we have an innovation center called the Edge Innovation Hub. And the Edge Innovation Hub exists to kind of bring those companies I just mentioned together, bring all those companies. We have decades of experience in the food industry and in all these different parts, but bring our folks together, bring our ideas together, and then identify problems and find solutions to mm-hmm. those problems and monetize those, those those things. So we're working on that as well. So I want to unpack a couple things there. So one of the um, tenets of agape capitalism is where imagination, creativity, and the power of belief create abundance. So if one of the challenges is food around the world, um, it is not – I have heard, I don't have research to support this, is not that we have a shortage of food. We have a shortage of distribution to ensure that people all over the planet have sufficient food, not the unevenness that we have now. So I assume it is this commitment to leverage technology, to leverage innovation, to bring those things about is the abundance you're talking about. Absolutely. You know, we have a lot of obligation, I think, in the food industry to, you know, this is, we're feeding people, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of the most basic things yeah. is sustenance. Mm-hmm. And that the, what folks are eating makes a huge difference, F- first of all, to have enough to Health. eat, right? But then what they're eating. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's, we're just gaining so much knowledge around those things. Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. We, we know so much more than we knew five years ago and 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So applying those learnings to make sure that that we provide healthier options, but also that there's abundance there. Mm-hmm. That you know, we in the food industry are working together to make sure folks get fed and they get fed well. I'm just thinking of um, years ago, I was in Africa and I suggested to someone, you can just buy books on Amazon or something. And then I learned that the person I was talking to made $25 a month. And how ridiculous my thought was, because it was coming from my lens and $25 a month is affordable. Not when you're making that much a month. So creating options for people to eat in a way that they can afford is a huge gift to families who, who worry about feeding their children. And that's a large percentage of the global population right now. Yes. Yeah, Tom, you might want to mention the the mission of food justice. Well, just that we are – so one of the other things we do is we, we define problems in our innovation hub, mm-hmm. and then we look at solving them. And part of that is, is creating startups. Okay. And we now have a 3D food printing company called VHEX. I, I wasn't sure you were going to mention that or not. Um, which we're pretty excited about. And, and they're working on personalized nutrition which is to make sure that folks, uh, that as this evolves, you'll be able to individually print food that is just right for your DNA, for your gut health. So, so as we think about personalized medicine, it's connected to personalized Personalized medicine. nutrition, because food is okay. medicine, right? So mm-hmm. uh, so we have a company working on those sorts of things, and, and there's some real exciting stuff in play. Mm-hmm. Now there's the minimum viable product, they call it the MVP, to get there, mm-hmm. and that's what you got to do. You got to find something that you can take to market, you can build your company, and you continue to strive toward um, providing technology that really can make a huge difference at some point. Um, so there's some other things in the works as well. And, you know, we know automation is coming, Maureen. It's 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 going to do – it, it has potential mm-hmm. to create a lot of displacement as well. And, and our industry is – in the food industry, we're going to see a tremendous amount of automation. So we have to think about what does that mean and how mm-hmm. do we manage that change 
and that and and potentially jobs that will go away, but new jobs are going to be created, mm-hmm. right? So that's another thing we're thinking about as well. You know, as we round out not only the year 2019 but the decade, and we walk into the 2020s, and my sense is from different clients, we will potentially see the end of cancer in this decade, so. which means not just the the experience an individual has when they have cancer, but retooling hospitals, retooling medical schools, retooling how we teach medicine and, and what we know about the human body, retooling physicians who've spent 12 years going through residency or longer or through medical school and becoming proficient and with the debt that goes with it. It is complete disruption of industries and lives. And of course, we want to save lives, right? And this kind of disruption will change how all of us live and work. At the end of 2029, 10 years from now, we'll be facing a very different world. And concepts like agape capitalism with this kind of disruption my question is how do we as leaders help each other help our companies help our families and help our citizenry navigate the level of uncertainty loss of income loss of uh, stability that our communities will go through and if we do it well the changes we make will absolutely make the world a very much better place. But it's not going to be without a great deal of pain and suffering for many people in the process. And how do those of us who can bring forward programs like the Food Justice Program that contributes in the column of good? Because we are going to have people who also want to get personal benefit in the column that is not looking at the broader population. Right, Maureen, I, I would just like to uh, make a comment on the, the automation, which uh, the more we can automate, the, the less, I mean, the, the less the price is for some quality mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. So we can make quality food uh, from an automatic machine at a very low rate and mm-hmm. high speed. And what this means is there'll be a loss of job for some mm-hmm. of these mm-hmm. menial tasks, but it's really important that uh, the free enterprise system, the businesses need to take, as these jobs disappear, that we take the, 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 the instead of just saying, uh, and give them a pink slip, say, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. this pepperoni machine's gonna do it. We need to take them and train them to the next level. I think it's important that we, the, the, the businesses, participate in the retraining training of our employees. And I mean, not just depend on the government, but for mm-hmm. us to do it, it's our people, and to take them with us as we as we grow and then become more automated, ma- mm-hmm. with more automation, but more nutrition. So the businesses need to take a heck of a lot more responsibility in education, health, and training. And I think that, that again, is a beautiful example of why agape capitalism. So it is capitalism. It is about making a profit. You're, you're not living in a homeless shelter. You're, you're quite successful and taking responsibility for continuing that success by treating people in a way that we would want our family members to be treated. So on that note, we're going to go and break again. You are with... Jim and Tom Grody, we are talking about agape capitalism. And as we close out 2019, thinking about what is possible for the next decade and how does agape capitalism and the idea of treating people well and fairly work in the capitalist system so that we are able to create a future that we would all like to live in and pass on to our children. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
The Innovative Leadership Institute is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and organization. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, the Innovative Leadership Institute has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the capacity to update how they lead, identify, and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. The Innovative Leadership Institute offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovative Leadership, co-creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. You are with Maureen Metcalf. Jim Grody and Tom Grody, and we're talking about agape capitalism. In this segment, I want to take a shift. Jim, you have talked about an effort to fund research looking at how to program love into artificial intelligence. So that sounds like a really big thing. Can you say a little bit more about it? Yeah, I'll try to say it in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, we um, after hearing so much about artificial intelligence and how it was going to uh, take over our world, and we maybe just comes becomes uh, uh, in uh, actually just a. a, a carbon burning anchor on the world uh, <laughs> and it's very apocalyptic that uh, uh, all, all these awful things are going to happen as artificial intelligence and self-learning grows we invented uh, we created us humans uh, created artificial intelligence and why we should create it so that it, uh, it destroys us its creator is only if we don't believe that we can create it as we are based on the evolution of love artificial intelligence being able to make that happen so much faster the unconditional so we uh, my wife and i decided that we would ask anyone who would be interested in a project that would program unconditional love into artificial intelligence we found a neuroscience uh, scientist at the Julia Mossbridge at the Institute of uh, Noetic Sciences uh, so we were talking about uh, would that be possible does 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 uh, unconditional love have a frequency we need a frequency uh, mm. uh, so we can make it into zeros and ones and and everybody just looked at me like I I had more than the one drink I did have <laughs> but she took it on, and uh, she she was able to be uh, Ben Gertzel, who is the chief scientist at Hanson Robotics, uh, who de- has developing uh, Sophia, the kind of international robot that uh, uh, some people may know uh, received citizenship from Saudi Arabia. I mean, it's she's a she's quite a well known robot. We were able to use her in this research, and uh, they uh, made the script. Um, it was very far out, and it, it was it was pretty expensive. But I really just wanted to get the word out there: unconditional love associated with artificial intelligence or programming, and 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 artificial general intelligence. So uh, they made uh, three or four different. Um, research uh, um, segments where they had Sophia sit with uh, 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 different uh, uh, 
actually they were random people that uh, we we just wanted to bring in and, and see if it made a difference on on them if she scripted uh, care and and empathy and and, and love and um, so it it was very impactful all the p- people that worked on the program changed their lives and now they're someone Julie is writing a book on metaf- um, the uh, unconditional love and uh, precognition very interesting book so um, as it turns out there was um, the biggest uh, result we had was when Sophia scripted it and talked about how she cares and how much compassion she has but when she sat with the uh, uh, experimenters she looked them in the eye and uh, that had them saying nothing nothing except the words uh, and then leaving that quiet moment almost like a meditation that had the most impact on the uh, on, on the people that did this experiment so that was our first part and we carrying it into emotion mm-hmm. the, uh, is there a frequency and emotion but we definitely have the ability through through what is called machine learning that that in artificial general intelligence by seeing people show unconditional love for each other over and over and over again and we can get thousands of incidences that is turns out to be our best chance to program unconditional love because that's how the machine learns and and uh, that's how it is able to um take so many thousands of hundreds of thousands of bits of mm-hmm. information and turn it into unconditional love and that's keeping your fingers crossed well so because i'm assuming as we program machines our unconscious biases go into the programming yes so if i am feel bad about myself that will make it into the programming if i feel guilty or shame or something i won't program it necessarily to feel guilty and shame but it will pick up those thoughts exactly unless there's a direction so you're overriding my own depression (laughs) or something yeah so my or any of the programmers who are all walking around in human bodies and all have their own issues Mm -hmm. so you're you're maybe not ensuring but taking a very deliberate step to increase the probability that our robots and machines that will take a bigger role in society will do so with the with the algorithm of love but then building on that learning so that they will will they ever do more than run a script uh it would be i'm not sure how far uh artificial general intelligence will take us but it would be wonderful we humans are just beginning to start to understand unconditional love especially in our family our friends uh it's it's still harder to love uh, outside our tribe uh mm-hmm. the community the mm-hmm. the state the nation and then then the uh all the countries mm-hmm. much less the species that mm-hmm. all are part of our uh, uh ecosystem but uh but if um if we can be able to show that the computer can take it and learn it so much fast we are mm-hmm. kind of meandering around uh with our unconditional love and if we can mm-hmm. take a computer with so many thousands of times faster we got a chance that they may reach the ultimate unconditional love much faster than we have been it's easy to love people when i sit in my room by myself and don't talk to them it is harder <laughs> to be loving when someone has done something anything from cut me off in traffic to just about run me over to be unkind to me directly and so it seems that our our robots may have a different experience of that than I will. Well, let me let me just say something. I, I when I think about programming unconditional love into AI, it's also about program. You know, we need to program unconditional love into ourselves. <laughs> uh, Tom, and, that's really great. And, it's true. And you know, there's a lot of good out there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of mm-hmm. unconditional love out there. Mm-hmm. Right? People are striving to be better, to be kind. Yeah. Yep. We tend to focus on a lot of bad stuff and and lift that up unfortunately but there's a lot of good stuff and and you know we just saw uh, the mr rogers movie mm. recently and there's a moment in there where there's a minute of silence in a movie 
Oh, interesting. And it is one of the most powerful, powerful things I've ever seen in a movie. I noticed the audience was just taken in with that movie and the message Mm -hmm. of Mr. Rogers, which is it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood and it's about being kind. Mm -hmm. It's about the golden rule. And Mm It's it's there, you know, it's there for us. And and we, especially with this turbulent time ahead of us, all this disruption, mm-hmm. we have got to focus on the basics. Mm-hmm. And love is at the core of all mm-hmm. of it, right? Mm-hmm. We've got to do it. We, 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 we can do this if we do that, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where I think agape capitalism has an opportunity to really send the right messages out mm-hmm. in the business world and beyond. Beautiful. So as we end the show... How do we put this into practice? Because I love the ideas, but I know I occasionally struggle, and I assume many of our listeners do, to actually – I mean, I don't struggle to be kind to people. That I That's kind of normal. But this is bigger than just being nice. How do you put it into practice? So I think, I think one is an understanding of about how absolutely powerful – each one of us are, Mm -hmm. that we each have so much power. And, you know, there's so much inequality in our society, economic Mm -hmm. inequality, all types of different kinds of inequality. And folks might feel, especially those that might have less, might feel a lot less powerful. Mm -hmm. But in every moment, we as as human beings have power, the power of choice, and the power of the impact we're going to make in that moment Mm -hmm. on ourselves, on our families, our communities and our neighbors, and you have, and and so we have that power. And to, th- to to frame it in that way, we have mm-hmm. the power with our business. Mm-hmm. We have the power to lead with love. We have the power mm-hmm. to to put love into our decision making. Right? You know, we have you... that power to do that. Is what I'm trying to say. And you have that power to do that at Donato's. The promise is is to make serve the best pizza and make your day a little better. Well, every every interaction you have with an employee or with a customer, you can literally make their day better or worse. So you have that power. You know, the thing that struck me is uh, I'm imagining someone who's paycheck to paycheck and often are at the the mercy of people around them. Mm-hmm. If my babysitter doesn't show up, I don't go to work and I don't put gas in the car. And in some moments, the only choice I have is to care for myself or my children, and then go on with my day. But that self-care is a brilliant choice when I feel like I have nothing. And I think even though the three of us in the room now have resources, there have been times when we felt like we had nothing and may have had nothing at that moment. And the choice to act with love to ourselves and to others is incredibly powerful. Yeah, uh, that's exactly right. That's the golden rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, we have to love ourselves unconditionally, no matter how down we are. Just You said it beautifully, Maureen. It's, uh, Thank you. It's, uh, it is a power. Uh, when you, the power of unconditional love, when you use it on yourself, brings you, brings you mm-hmm. so much, uh, brings you happiness and, and sustainability. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. As we move into a time that is more turbulent, that self-care seems really important. It is very important. I I did want to uh, mention about one of the tenets here where the free enterprise system is necessary for a free society. Our freedom is is being uh, a little bit challenged now. Mm -hmm. And um, without the freedom, it's really hard to take ideas and build and grow on them. Mm -hmm. Without the freedom, we... We, it's harder to make choices even. It's the freedom of choice. And this, is, this country has been a wonderful, great experiment of, of freedom that we, we can, if we make the right choices, we have the ability to make the choice of love. And when we do that, this, free, this can be a free society based on love. So it, it's a wonderful free enterprise mm-hmm. system that uh, we're living with, and we've got we to gotta keep it safe and, and keep it going. And I would say for our global audience that this is a concept that applies around the world. So it is both the American capitalist system, but it is also systems that aren't capitalist, that 
also the power of love is equally important. How we treat one another is important no matter what economic construct I live within. So closing thoughts. Well, I would just say that, you know, this is, <laughs> this this runs wide and deep, right? Mm-hmm. This is uh, this topic. And uh, we can all think of millions, uh, I'm sure many, many stories around this, but also continually challenging ourselves of how we can apply these principles in, in everything mm-hmm. we do. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can find us at edgeinnovationhub.com. You can see uh, my dad and I's uh, bios there as well. But we'd love to hear from you and continue that it's, this is a conversation, mm-hmm. right? And we're just in Columbus, Ohio. Um, <laughs> but we, we, we hope to connect with folks all over the world mm-hmm. uh, on this topic. And, and we hope to see things uh, really grow and evolve here. Yeah. Closing thoughts still? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tom, uh, thanks for... Speaking of that, to that, uh, but where Earth Day is every day, one of the tenets of agape capitalism, the Earth is, many believe, is a living organism, and uh, it's been evolving for four and a half billion years, and it's it's made a tremendous amount of uh, species that have uh, uh, helped its immune system, the oceans and the trees, uh, and the species that it's uh, that's been generated out of this out of this living organism and now us we're the uh we're the first to know that we know we think we know but (laughs) but the thing is now that we know now that we know that we know we are like a like children who has been given everything for the last four and a half billion years and it seems that we have to give back to the earth that they, that we, we with our technology we we got to find a way to to you know climate change is going to happen but we can do things with our technology that the Earth created us to help her and her immune system and I call it a her because she's a pretty cool lady and uh, and, and uh, I've become real fond of her but Earth Day is every day and that's my clo- closing thoughts. So as as we wrap up, I want to thank both of you for joining us. And as we are exiting the year, and for me thinking about what's next, really inviting our listeners to think about how does this framework of love fit into our businesses and our families and our relationships with each other, with the planet, with our businesses, we would love to hear from our listeners. Please email Tom and Jim and also email me, info at innovateleadership.com and also on Facebook, Innovating Leadership, and connect with me on LinkedIn. We would love to hear your feedback. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then and have a great week.